Welcome and thanks for joining us here at the Bethel Church Podcast. For more information about Bethel and who we are, you can visit us online at BethelChurch.info. We hope you are encouraged and that you find hope in today's message. I got any men in the house? I'll do this more next week. I got any men in the house who aren't ashamed that they're a man? I know the, I'm going to preach my next week's message. I know the world's hating on you men, but let me just say, we need to be men. Yeah. Come on. Yeah? Yeah. Can I get a... <laughs> See, I said, that's not being a man. That's just obnoxious. Hey, we can do obnoxious too, all right? A helmet, a breastplate, a belt, leg protection, Protective shoes that have cleats in the bottom, mm-hmm. a shield, a sword. Looks like God gave us all this stuff so we could sit on the couch and do nothing, right? Right? It looks to me, and I'm looking at the equipment that the Lord has given us, it looks like we were built for entertainment. No? No? It looks like we were built for a fight. Now, I don't trust this sword because it's old, so I ain't going to start swinging. Last week, I started swinging my sword, and it came apart. Anybody saw that? This one would hurt. Last week, we talked about fighting the fight, putting on the whole armor of God. We talked about the belt of truth, how the belt holds everything together. Without the truth of God's word, we can't put on anything else. That's why a lot of the wall, our, our Christian walk does boil down to being in the word of God. Amen. But the belt of truth, which is the word of God, but then it says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So in other words, what we learned last week was that the belt of truth represents the Logos word of God, the written word of God, the whole arsenal. But the sword of the Spirit is when the Holy Spirit takes a Logos word in your life and turns it into a Rema word for the, the fight that you're currently in. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So turn with me to Ephesians 6. Mm. While you're, you're getting there, I don't think anybody would disagree that we have been equipped to fight, not a fleshly battle, but a spiritual battle. But why am I so surprised when I come against opposition? Anybody ever wake up in the morning and there's a battle waiting on you and you're just kind of like caught off guard? It's like, where did this come from? Come on. Why am I so perplexed when I feel something funny between me and another one of God's children? Mm. Right? It's like, I cannot believe the way he acted. Well, I can. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Come on. You will not believe what somebody said to me at church the other day. I, I believe it. 
Because I've said dumb things myself. Anybody else just say amen real quick. Anybody else had a bad day where the enemy was in your head and you didn't do a good, you didn't pull out your sword of the spirit and you took it out on somebody else, right? Why are we surprised? Why are we caught off guard when the enemy tries to pit my spouse and I against each other? Some of you are afraid to say amen. What is this angst that I'm feeling on the inside sometimes, almost like there is a battle raging outside of the walls of this temple and it's just looking for an open door to get in. We're in a fight. And if you're not fighting, you're losing. If you're not fighting... You're not in neutral. We're losing. Because there is, how can the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead live inside of us and then we go and live in this world that is completely contrary to the ways of God and not be at conflict? We are always going to be at conflict. There will always be a fight. There will always be a battle. But I wanted to just tell you real fast, yes, the struggle is real. And I don't mind people saying that, say it all day long, but you need to follow it up. The struggle is real, but so is the solution. The fight is real, but so is the fact that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. This isn't pump you up, motivate you, make you feel good. You're a winner. Amen. I didn't say a winner. I said you're a winner. Look at your neighbor and tell him you're a winner. Listen to me. You can do all things through Christ who makes you strong. I heard a guy preach a message on that and his whole point of the message was that's not meant for everything. He said he was tired of people taking this verse and going to the gym and when they were struggling to lift a weight, they would say this. That's not what God meant it for. I'm sorry, but I can do all things through Christ. All things, all things. It applies. Guess what? I don't know what your translations look like, but my translation says all things. I can do all things through Christ who has made me strong. You know what else? What he started in you, he's going to Thank you, Lord. Even when you look in the mirror and it doesn't look like he's going to finish it, he's going to finish it. So if you walk in here tired and weary from the battle, take a hold of the belt of truth and let the spirit quicken it in your body, in your mind, and turn it into the sword of the spirit and start using it to slay some demons. We can't live by what we see. We have to hold on to something a little bit more real than sight. It's called faith. Amen. He's going to bring you through it. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. He's going to bring you through it. Amen. Your Red Sea is going to split. Yes. The giants that currently inhabit the promised land that God has said you could have, they're going to fall. The walls around the city are going to come down. You're fighting a defeated foe. I didn't come in this series to say, look, I know you guys are struggling real bad and it's just going to be real bad the rest of our life and we're just going to make it into heaven. 
Just hope we just, I'll, I'll be holding the altar the whole way there. I'm barely going to get in. No, we're going to go in triumphant. We're fighting, but we can win in this earth. We don't have to wait to walk in victory when we get to the other side. We can have an abundant life right now. Finally, be strong. In the Lord and in the strength of his might. We're going to read through this every week. I don't think it's going to hurt us. Put on the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to stand against the... Man. He's scheming. He's sly. He'll use your dog. Come on. Somebody, somebody just said, yes, he will. <laughs> for those of you the enemies used your dog, if you want to come to the altar for right now, we're going to pray for you. Get him neutered. That'll help out too. <laughs> for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I, I, I've got, I have a prophetic word for you. Your battle is not with somebody in this room. Amen. Come on. Or in the White House. Come on. Come on. Tell it. Or on that person that's been trolling your social media post. Mm. But against... I'm going to read this real slow and I'm asking you not just hear it. I want you to like chew on it. Keep it in your mouth long enough to chew on it. But against the rulers, against the authorities... Against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Whoa. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. That you can withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore. Having fastened on the belt of truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. You guys are getting real good. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Amen. Anybody had any flaming darts come at you this week? Huh? Well, if you didn't, that means they landed. Because he's scheming. Come on. I'll write a song about that. <laughs> and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. Amen. With all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Making supplication for all the saints. Amen. In other words, guys, let's not get tired of texting each other and saying, I'm praying for you. And then actually praying for them. Yeah. That's not being churchy. That's being yeah. biblical. Amen. Amen. I'm praying for you. And also for me, yes. Paul said, that words may be given to me <laughs> in opening my mouth boldly. Sorry, that made me laugh. Opening my mouth. 
to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I've often heard it said that the sword of the Spirit is the only offensive weapon that the Lord gives us in fighting the good fight. However, I disagree. If you really understand what Paul was looking at when he wrote this, he was looking at a Roman soldier decked from head to toe. He was looking at a breastplate, and while I do appreciate this little prop, this is not what the breastplate looked like. It went from neck to toe, to knee. Next, somebody say it wouldn't be a breastplate, be a body plate. It went from neck to knee. It was made of brass. And it wasn't a solid sheet of brass. It was pieces of brass like mail that had been fastened together. And I don't know if you know what brass does, but when brass rubs against itself, it gets really shiny, almost like a mirror. So the more the soldier wore the breastplate, the shinier it got. It's even been described like this, that when you went to attack a Roman soldier who had been tested in battle, it was trying to stab something that you really couldn't even see. Mm. That when a Roman soldier stepped out into the, I, I'm sounding like a church sign, I know it, but I can't help it. But when a Roman soldier stepped into the sun, like, <laughs> I know, I know, it's, get, just bear with me, all right? I'd rather be biblical than cool anyways. Come on. When he stepped out into the sun, it would create a blinding effect. Now imagine thousands of Roman soldiers with these mirror-like breastplates on marching at you in the full sun and you can't even see what's coming at you. That's what Paul was looking at when he said, put on the breastplate of righteousness. But what is righteousness? We've all been guilty of saying words and singing words that we ain't even looked at the definition on before. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. What is mercy? Well, you know, it's, it's something God gives us. It's, that, it's hard to explain. Jesus? You can say Jesus to anything. But what is righteousness? Simply put, it's being in right standing with God. Living our lives, now don't amen me here because you might get played if you do. Just, I'm just giving you a heads up. Living our lives in sinless, morally acceptable way. Don't amen me. This means that when God looks at our actions, our thoughts, yes, tell me Lisa, our words and our attitudes he sees no sin, and we are in right standing with him because of that. Some of you are like, yeah, that breastplate is going to stay in the closet. <laughs> the problem is this, that if God were to look directly at my actions, my faults, and my attitudes, and my words, I am afraid that he would not like what he sees. Anybody else want to say amen real fast? Anybody else, you're living out the perfect word of God in your life right now. I mean, every single thing you do, even with your dog. Because sometimes I slip up and do wrong things. 
Daggone, sometimes I don't even slip up. I just think about it for a while and still do the wrong thing. I know none of y'all do that. I'm sorry. I'll just preach to myself this morning. Sometimes those tempting thoughts, rather than casting them down and replacing them with the truth of God's word, I let them linger a little bit too long. Anybody else? Sometimes my words are not life breathing. Sometimes my attitude ain't no other word. It just stinks. It's just rotten. I'm sorry, Pastor Daniel. I, I don't have a breastplate of righteousness. Exactly. And this is why many of us, including myself, live in defeat in certain areas of our lives. Because we have not put on the whole armor of God. Specifically, this breastplate of righteousness that covers like 66% of the body. Isaiah 64, 6 says that all of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Now, for those of you who know what this exactly translates to, just say, uh-huh. uh-huh. And if you don't, I encourage you to go home and look up what were filthy rags, and you'll get an even deeper meaning of this. But the reason many of us, we str- many times we're losing the battles that we're fighting is because we're putting on righteousness, but we're putting on our righteousness. Mm. Oh yeah, Monday, Monday I didn't cuss. Get my breastplate on. Tuesday, my kids needed parenting and I kept my cool. Because you know sometimes they need parenting. Anybody going through a heavy parenting season? Don't just look straight for them. Just look straight for them. You got kids in the service. Thank you for backing me up. I went to church on Sunday and I took notes. And we walk out the door with our breastplate of righteousness. The problem is, is that they're dirty. It stinks. It's cheap. It doesn't protect you from anything and it doesn't work. We get in the battle and we wonder why we lost. I cannot figure out how that sword pierced my breastplate. Now, like I said, if you look up the meaning of, of filthy rags, you'll see it's a little bit more serious than even what I'm doing right now. This is one of those moments where I'll just bring the truth down just a little bit. Or maybe I'm just trying to get you to go home and dig into God's word. Amen. Why do we do this? I'll tell you why we do it. Because many of us were taught that in order to see God and make it into heaven, you got to live right and spit white. Come on. I was even listening to one of my favorite songs the other day. I mean, I jam out to it all the time. And if you know me, you know I've been jamming out of this song since I was a teenager. And I realize it's not biblical. Just literally just a couple days ago, it says, this train is a clean train. 
this train, anybody know that song? Okay, I see, it's okay. And it says, this train is a clean train, this train. This train don't care no liars, no whoremongers, and no backbiters. Whoa, 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 talking about this train. I love that song. But then it hit me the other day, I'm sitting there thinking, no, that train is full of liars. The train that's going to glory is full of whoremongers. It's full of people who are jacked up, messed up, have hurts, hangups, and addictions, and they're still going to heaven. Why? Not because of this. Because of that. Not because of their righteousness, because their righteousness is like filthy rags, but because of the righteousness of Jesus. Why? Do we struggle so much to put on this breastplate of righteousness when it's right there? It's been given to us. It's been purchased by the blood of Jesus. Why? Well, many of us, we're not in our word enough to know how to even put it on. Now, hear me out. I ain't trying to be mean preacher. I'm just trying to be real preacher. If we're not in the word, we won't have the faith to put it on. Amen. That's right. Because the enemy starts attacking before we leave the house. Now I'm telling you, you can't wait to put your breastplate on when you get in the car. You put it on before you come out your room. Somebody says, sleep with it. That's exactly right. Because The enemy, he's the accuser of the brethren. He's going to whisper lies in your mind as soon as you wake up. How many of you have woken up, you open up your eyes, and the first thought in your mind was, you failed again? Oh yeah, the the Spirit of the Lord began working on self-control in your life. You were doing good for 10, 11, 12 days. You made a mistake. You wake up and literally, where does that thought come from? It's not the Holy Spirit calling you a failure. It's the enemy whispering in your mind. You failed again. Yesterday, you messed up. You would have got your 30-day chip this Friday at Recovery Live if you weren't such a loser. Preach it, Pastor. Preach it. Come on. He says, all con- you're going to split hell wide open. But he's a what? He's a liar. He's an accuser of the brethren. He can't speak the truth. Everything that comes out of his mind, mouth is a lie. Amen. But thank God for 2 Corinthians, the truth in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Why did he do it? For our sake. In other words, you couldn't do it yourself. You can put this stuff on all you want and think it's righteousness, but it's not. It's you trying to be righteousness. Righteous. But remember, we can't be righteous. That's why Jesus came. Come on. Amen. Think you got a breastplate on. And all we got is a dirty bib. In other words, we can attend church, read our Bibles, pray three times a day, work in the soup kitchen, but we still need the righteousness of Jesus. Amen. Who did he do it for us? Why did he do it for our sake? He did it because of us, 
for us and in us. In other words, we're the perpetrator, the recipient, and the miracle. Mm. This is the gospel. He. Who's he? God the Father made him. Who? Jesus the Son. Who was perfect. Who knew no sin. Who was righteous. The only living example of righteousness in this world. What did he do to him? He made him to become sin. Jesus willingly accepted the penalty of sin for all of us. But why? Thank God our salvation don't fall off that easy. (laughs) So that in him, we could become the righteousness of God. In him. Whose righteousness am I putting on? The righteousness of Jesus. In other words, when God looked, some of you need to get a, I'm telling you, if you'll get a revelation of this, you'll fight different. You'll stop fighting so reservedly and so calmly. You'll stop keeping your weapon in its sheath and you'll brandish every single time you get a chance. When you realize that it's not your righteousness that's keeping you in right standing with God, it's his. So when God looks down on you, when you've called on the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior, when God looks down on you, he does not see your hurts, he does not see your hangups, he does not see your sin, he does not see your messes, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has actually become a real spiritual covering for the sin in your life. So how do I put on this breastplate? Well, first thing I'd tell you to do is this. Take off your rags. They say, we say it in RA all the time. You're only as sick as your secrets. And the thing is, let me just keep it real with you. Your secrets ain't as secret as you think they are. There's some spirit-filled people in here, and they can sense it and feel it when they get around you. You're going to smell like the well that you're drinking from. So you can hide it and cover it. I'm telling you, take it off. You ain't got room for his righteousness and yours too. And the more church we attend and the more religiosity we gain, we figure out a way to take our righteousness and sew it together in a cute little quilt that looks like a breastplate. But then we go to battle and we lose, 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 lose. You put it on in faith. You own it. I'm going to get mad at us for a minute. You quit cheapening what Christ did on the cross for you. You're not a mess up. You're not a loser. You're not going to always struggle. You're not a failure. You're the righteousness of God in Jesus. And you are going to be brought through this. Amen. 
We exalt truth over the lie. Remember how we've been talking about this? The enemy attacks us spiritually by whispering lies in our mind. Lies that do what? Lies that play and prey on the desires of our flesh that are normalized in a perverted world. So the enemy whispers a lie. It feels right. It feels good. So we walk it out and we're walking just like everybody else in the world because the world's doing it. He don't just do a spiritual battle on Monday, a fleshly battle on Tuesday, and a worldly battle on Wednesday. It comes in a big stroke. You wake up in the morning, you're a screw-up. Well, I do feel like a screw-up, so I guess I am a screw-up. I guess I'll never be able I guess God's power is not enough for me. He must have been talking about everybody else but me. Then we get out in the world, and you, you come across the path of somebody who believes the same journey. They're like, yeah, the struggle's real. I guess we'll, we're just going to limp into heaven. No. You put it on in faith. When you wake up, this has been my new thing in the morning, I wake up. Daniel, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And sometimes it takes me about 15 minutes to believe it. Because the enemy, he will replay my defeat reel from the pre... You don't ever play the victory reel. You got to work for that. You got to think real hard for that. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Tell yourself, tell your spouse that the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Tell your friends. What if that's how we ended our conversations? Rich, I love you. See you later. Just want you to remember, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What kind of effect would it have on our children? When they screw up and mess up, if we remind them before we ground them. But we still ground them. This is just one remind. This is why Jesus came. Because we can't do right on our own. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When when do I do this? You do it before you mess up. You do it before your unrighteous acts. Y'all, some of y'all are going to cringe. I had people cringing in the first service. You do it during your unrighteous acts. Come on. Try watching porn and saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I'm not playing and I'm not even, I know that was kind of, but I'm not even being funny. You, you, while you're in the middle of watching porn, you're still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No, no, Dan, Pastor, Dan, you, you can't preach that, you can't teach that because people are going to think it's, it's okay. People are going to think it's okay to just go out and do that stuff. If they don't get that covered under the blood, then, then, then that, they're not the righteousness of Jesus while they're in the middle of that egregious act. Well, are you the righteousness of Jesus while you're judging right now? No, we don't stop being the righteousness. We change our mindset about this. We're not trying to earn righteousness. We're not working for righteousness. We're changing from righteousness because of righteousness. I'm too righteous to do this. I'm too righteous to say this. I'm too righteous to think this way. Come on, come on. One of my children told me a lie recently. And I said, baby, you're too righteous to lie. And she said, isn't that arrogant? And I'm like, oh gosh. 
you have a brain <laughs> and opinions. I thought you were going to all just do what I told you to do. <laughs> I was that person that said, if that was my kid, I'd take my belt off and tear their tail up. And then I became a parent and I had to repent. <laughs> I said, baby, it's, it is arrogant if it's this. But what about being called to put on this? It's not put on your filthy rags of righteousness. It's put on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. You're the righteousness of God in Jesus while you're losing your cool. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus while you're entertaining anxious thoughts and letting fear consume you. You didn't stop becoming the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This really eats at us, and it's okay, because it really goes against the grain of some of the things we say and think and have even been taught. We say no to condemnation, we say no to shame, we say no to hiding, and we say yes to a brand new, you ready for this? You can write it down. A righteousness consciousness. I'm too righteous to sin. This isn't how the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus acts. I don't have to be controlled by the lies of the enemy, Amen. the desires of my flesh, or the ways of this world. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Next time your spouse comes at you funny, just look at them and say, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't send any emails about what happens next. <laughs> to the believer, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is yours. And I say the righteousness of God in Jesus for a reason. I'm not saying righteousness. I'm, this is a specific kind of righteousness. It's not a filthy rags righteousness. It's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It is a perfect covering that covers all of your main organs. And when you wear it and you use it and you put it on, it's so bright that the enemy can't even see you to attack you. Mm. <laughs> to the unbeliever I gotta be honest with you you might be attending church and you might be doing everything that Christian folks do but until you've called on the name of Jesus as the son of God and you confess that God raised him from the dead you're wearing nothing but filthy rags and you know it's not working I'll never forget in 2003, my girlfriend at the time, and obviously I know this was going because she's my wife now. Girl, it's been a long time. You scrunching up your face for her. You're like, you sure has. Thank you, Lord, for seeing me through. Y'all really need to tell my wife every time you see her that she is awesome. Because... I'm a, I'm a work in progress. Yep, the reason I quote, I'll start crying. Sorry. The reason I quote that verse, that he'll finish what he started in you, is because I have to. Because the enemy tells me different. 
but he's a liar. But it was 2003, and a lot of you know Caitlin's dad is involved in Major League Baseball, and he was coaching with the Boston Red Sox at the time. And it was during the time of like Manny Ramirez and Pedro Martinez and David Ortiz. Anybody know what I'm talking about? David Ortiz, Big Poppy. Actually, don't ever say that again. Calling another man Big Poppy is not cool. <laughs> that was just so weird. So I said it in the first service and I was like, yee. And then I start thinking of something. Never mind, I gotta stop. <laughs> oh me, Biagi, I feel you. That was that. It was the year where you know they took Pedro. Grady Little takes Pedro. Mar I was. I remember. I was watching it in this like that. I was watching that that last uh, American League Championship Series game. I was watching it in this cheap little chair that we had got from the Goodwill store on this TV that I'd had since I was a little kid. I was watching it by myself. I remember. Oh, you were there. Yeah. He didn't take me with you. But we want fiancés yet. So, anyways. And they take Pedro Martinez out. Anybody remember this? And they bring Tim Wakefield in. And he's throwing these nasty knuckleballs. And he just hangs one and it don't knuck. It just knuckles, but it just doesn't move. And then Aaron Boone hits it out. And the curse lives on. But anyways, so we're at one of these games. And this was pre-COVID and pre-crazy. When, like, coaches, guests could go into, like, areas where the players were. And so I'm about to like go into this area where David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez and, Pe and all these guys are. And uh, right before I go in, Caitlin's dad, he leans over and he whispers something in my ear. And he says, act like you've been here before. If you couldn't hear me, he said, act like you've been here before. In other words, don't make your future father-in-law look like an idiot by asking for autographs and taking selfies and taking pictures of Pedro Martinez's children. Don't ask them to blow in an empty bottle so you can have their breath and sell it on eBay for $900. He could have said, if you ask for autographs, I will never bring you back again. But instead, he gave me a piece of his identity. He said, I need you to treat this like I would treat it. Act like you've been here before. It gave me a sense of like, when he said that to me, I was like, yeah, I've been here before. <laughs> so Manny Ramirez walks by and everybody's like Manny, Manny, can I take a photo and I'm just like who M M Manny 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 Ice Age I know Manny on Ice Age I don't know Manny R Ramirez though no I don't know you man you know me my name's Daniel weeks I ring a bell <laughs> days of the week not like opposite of strong, but days of the week. Just got to clear that up real quick. Now I remember Pedro Martinez. He walks in. We've done a lot of cool stuff together. He walks into the Ritz-Carlton in Baltimore. Is that where we were? Philadelphia. 
Yeah, I don't know my American League, National League. And he walks in, and he has this whole entourage of people. And he is wearing, I'm going to make sure I don't offend anybody real quick. Anybody wearing a silk button-up shirt with lions or tigers on it right now? <laughs> Nobody? Anybody online? I can't see you, so if I offended you, it's Pastor Blake's fault. He told me to say it. <clears throat> but man, Pedro Martinez walks in, and everybody in his entourage has these button-up silk shirts with lions and tigers on them. I don't care how much money you got, that's not cool, all right? But I remember it, people just rushing to them, and that thing, it just stuck in my mind. Act like you've been here before. It was a statement of identity. It wasn't a list of, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And if you do this, I will never do this. And if you do this, I will never bring you back. I will never let you share this experience again. It was simply this. It was a statement of identity. And this is what God is saying to us through the writings of Paul. It's not, if you don't live right after you've been saved, you're going to split hell wide open. It's no, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus listen threats don't work we preached it this Friday night at recovery alive the law doesn't work that's why Jesus didn't come to abolish it but to fulfill it the only thing that the law does is show us how unrighteous we are we don't become righteous by following the law when we think we become righteous by following the law we're doing nothing but this we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus stand with me righteousness is ours it's who we are it was a gift given to us at salvation I am the righteousness of God in Jesus And righteousness doesn't act like this. It doesn't think like this. It doesn't believe like this. It doesn't speak like this. Now, the truth is that after we become the righteousness of God in Jesus, we do have to be taught how to walk in that righteousness. But before all of that, it's so hard for our human brains to imagine, especially in America, where we have to work and earn everything. You're given the breastplate of righteousness before your life starts being lived out differently. So I would encourage you to do this. Take off your bibs. Take off your filthy rags this morning because it's not working. Teenagers aren't, they won't live right because of threats. They'll live right knowing who they are in Jesus. And you don't have to question if you're saved, whether or not you can put this breastplate on when you wake up in the morning. You don't ever take it off. I'm the righteousness of God in Jesus. Whew. If you're here this morning and you've never called on the name of Jesus as the Son of God and confessed that God raised him from the dead, that righteousness is not yours yet, but it can be.
It can be, but it's only through the Son of God. If you're here this morning and you have never confessed Jesus as the Son of God and that God raised Him from the dead and you feel the Spirit of the Lord drawing you to be saved, will you slip up your hand right now while everybody is looking around? Anybody, anywhere, you feel the Spirit of God drawing you. In the first service, a man gave his life to the Lord right here. He confessed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says he was saved. An amazing story. Can't even tell you about it, but some crazy stuff has happened in this man's life in the past eight days. How many of you are here and you'd say, I'm sick and tired of some sins and some weights that I'm still battling with. Would you just slip up your hand and say, that's me. Anybody, anywhere? Yeah, a bunch of people. I'm going to ask you to do this. Will you step out of your seat and come down here to the altar? And I want us to pray together before we go home. Thank you so much. One of the things I love, I told Rich Cedarman that I was going to write a book one day called The Unintent, called Recovery Culture. The subtitle is this, The Unintended Consequences of Having a Recovery Program at Your Church. And one of the unintended consequences is this, is that people start openly confessing sin. Yeah, I'm struggling with a sin in my life. I'll I'll come to the altar. I don't care who's looking. I understand that there's power, there's healing when I confess my sins one to another. I will be healed. But those of you who are up here this morning, I want to pray with you. But it's kind of like a prayer slash training time. And if you're not down here and you want to do it out there, you're more than welcome to. But you need to get your belt of truth because without the belt of truth, the breastplate doesn't stay. All right? And we're going to take this belt of truth. We're going to ask the Lord to turn it into a Rima word in our lives right now, okay? I want you to repeat after me. He who knew no sin became sin so that in him I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus. Come on, say it again. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus. Say it seven times. I'm the righteousness of God in Jesus. Come on, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, we are one of those weird churches that chants things over and over so that we can remember them. Because the enemy is going to, he's going to start whispering lies into your mind as soon as you get ready to leave. God, I pray for every person in this altar and everyone that is not that wanted to come up here but somehow couldn't get out of the seat. Lord, I pray that you would breathe own the belt of truth that you would breathe and give them a revelation and an epiphany on what it means to be the righteousness of God in Jesus and God as we put our breastplate on every single day Lord we're going to see these sins and these weights and these hurts and hangups and addictions we're going to see them begin to fall off 
as we learn what it means to walk out and live out righteousness. But first we say that our righteousness is in you and not in us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, we want to encourage you to join our Facebook online community. Search for Bethel Church Online for more great content from our pastors and leaders here at Bethel. Join us next week for another inspiring message.